It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following every single Carolina Panthers game. I go live on our channel, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. If you ever miss a live show, that's okay. You can always check them out where you can check out every single episode of the podcast over wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you get every single episode in your feed. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Didn't do it last week because I was reacting to the Carolina Panthers win against the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday Night Football, but we'll be back at it this Friday, the 18th. Just at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in. But first, again, click the follow button at Julian Council over on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players and they score more or less than your Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Recording the show right before 1 o'clock here on Sunday afternoon. Going to put it out probably live on YouTube, and then you Monday morning listeners will get it in your podcast stream. And was going to do a show for you on Friday, but then, you know, the Panthers didn't put the Steve Wilkes press conference out there, like, live like they usually do. And I was kind of like, eh, it's Friday. It's kind of gross outside. I want to wait to see what happens with Dante Jackson. We'll get into that injury news. And I want to see what happens with Tampa Bay as they play the Seattle Seahawks over in Germany. And we saw that they got the win. So we'll get into the ramifications for the Carolina Panthers with those two injuries, with the injury to Dante, and then the Bucks winning and, and maintaining a two-game lead over the Panthers in the NFC South, despite the Panthers' win. But the first thing I kind of want to talk about today was P.J. Walker. Looks like he's going to get to start once again on Sunday afternoon against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. The Panthers so far 0-4 on the road this season, and... Probably going to be their toughest road game of the year. You could look at Seattle, which is always a tough place to play, and how they play this season as also being a tough venue for Carolina. But I think Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, a former MVP, and a team that is hoping to win the AFC North, that's going to be a tough task for the Carolina Panthers next Sunday afternoon up there in Baltimore. And P.J. Walker is expected to get the start. Steve Wilkes said on Friday when he spoke to the media in his day after press conference following the 25-15 win against Atlanta that he wanted to take the weekend to assess things and he would provide clarity on Monday. So we probably don't hear from Wilkes, I think, again until Wednesday. That's where we'll know for sure who the starting quarterback is. But as of right now, it's P.J. Walker. And we've sat here, and at least, I mean, I have, and I'm sure y'all have as well, and we've talked about this, and we've tried to figure out what he would do when all three quarterbacks were healthy. When Baker was healthy and Sam was healthy and P.J. was healthy, who would he go to 
at the quarterback position. Now, I thought following the game against Cincinnati that there was a reasonable expectation that Baker Mayfield might be the starter for the game against Atlanta on Thursday just based off of how he played in the second half and that P.J. had posted a 0.0 rating. And Steve Wilkes never really seemed to be married to P.J. Walker. But based off of it being a short week and how P.J. performed against Atlanta the first time around in that loss, Steve Wilkes went with P.J., and P.J. was okay on Thursday. He managed the game, as Steve Wilkes said. He also was fortunate to not throw two, three interceptions. That could have cost the Carolina Panthers that game, and we wouldn't, have be, wouldn't be having the conversation right now P.J. Walker being the starter heading into the Baltimore game, at least being the expected starter. So we'll see how it plays out. As far as Sam Darnold goes, like he's not the answer. We all know that all, every single quarterback on this roster is not the answer. At the end of the day, the Carolina Panthers are going to have to draft someone atop of the draft to be the starting quarterback, whether that's Bryce Young out of Alabama, C.J. Stroud, who's the Heisman favorite out of Ohio State. We'll see him in Hooker. Will Levis looked awful again at Kentucky. I just don't see it. But we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers But they're going and who they take. But they're going to take a quarterback at the top of the draft. And looking at where they're sitting at, three and seven, two games back in the NFC South, they're very likely going to be sitting there in the top three, top five, and have an opportunity to go draft, to grab that quarterback. And we'll see if it works out in the end. Because, again, it's a crapshoot. They're probably – better suited to take someone like Will Anderson at Alabama than they are to take quarterback. But in this league, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And Steve Wilkes is trying to figure out who gives him the best chance moving forward. And at least for this week, he believes that's P.J. Walker. And until proven otherwise, which you could say he's been proven otherwise before, he's going to roll with P.J. Baker doesn't need to play based off of what would happen if he plays 70% of the snaps at quarterback? Don't think they're going to allow that to happen. Sam Darnold, we've seen what he looks like. But there's also the question of, hey, what could Sam now look like behind this offensive line with DJ Moore and with Terrace Marshall now ascending and a great running game with Deontay Foreman who has three 100-yard rushing games in his last four appearances? What could that look like? And I'm starting to think, what if Steve Wilkes is basically telling us, like, PJ's his guy? We do this whole week-to-week thing, and he, he's really the one who's doing it week-to-week, not saying that, hey, PJ's our guy moving forward. What if Steve Wilkes is really just telling us, like, yeah, PJ's, our, PJ's my guy. I've seen Baker, knew him back in Cleveland when I, when I was the OC or the defensive coordinator for Ray Kitchens, saw how that worked out, saw how the first five weeks worked out. Baker's not my guy. And in Sam, he's been injured. Haven't seen Sam play. I know about Sam, but PJ's my guy. Maybe Steve Wilkes is just letting us know that PJ's his guy while still – not necessarily going out there and saying it. But as I've said to y'all, like, I don't get too caught up in, like, what the coaches say. I get caught up in what they do. And what Steve Wilkes has done consistently over the last couple weeks when Baker Mayfield's been back is he's played P.J. Walker. That's what he's done. He might not have given ringing endorsements for P.J. and said all these nice things about, hey, P.J. is my guy. But what he's done is he's played P.J. So maybe it's that simple. Let's look at what he does and not what he says. And what he's doing is starting P.J. every single week. So maybe P.J. Walker really is Steve Wilkes' guy. But, of course, that's all subject to change depending on how he performs in practice and, of course, Sunday afternoon at M&T Bank Stadium up in Baltimore, Maryland. So we'll see how that goes. We'll also see how the Panthers' secondary transitions. They've already had injuries throughout the season. The J.C. Horn had missed two games of a hip injury. Dante Jackson had missed time with an ankle. We've seen Jeremy Chin on IR miss the last six games. Now Dante Jackson is out for the season. 
How will the Panthers be able to respond? And what could Dante's future be here in Carolina? We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But first, this episode of Locked on Panthers is presented by our friends over at Price Picks. How does Price Pick works? You pick two to five players and they score more or less in their price picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA Tour, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, the World Cup starting very soon down in Qatar, tennis, MMA, boxing, even cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and north of the border to us in Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. So this is how it works. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When Dante Jackson was ruled out of Thursday night's win against Atlanta with an Achilles injury, We kind of knew right then and there that it was likely not going to be good news whenever he got an MRI. Steve Wilkes said that Dante would be receiving the MRI on Friday, and we found out Saturday afternoon that Dante Jackson is indeed out for the rest of the season with an Achilles tear. Yet another injury to the Carolina Panthers secondary as Jeremy Chin has missed the majority of the season with a hamstring injury that he and I think a lot of people didn't expect to hold him out that long. We've also seen Dante, not sorry, J.C. Horn miss some time with a hip injury. And we've seen the struggles with Keith, not Keith Taylor, but with C.J. Henderson. And he's also been banged up. So that's been a banged up unit. Everyone except for Xavier Woods, who signed here this offseason from Minnesota and was an Ironman last year for the Vikings. Everyone outside of him has been banged up this season. And that's unfortunate. I guess Woods also has, but he hasn't missed a game, and he's played pretty much the majority of the snaps. Not sure if he's played every single snap. But the Panthers secondary, we came in this year looking at Chen and how Steve Wilkes had talked about when he came back here, how, hey, man, that guy could be an all-pro. Looking at what Xavier Woods did last season in Minnesota and how he was going to fill in as that starting strong safety. And then also looking at Dante and J.C. and then C.J. Henderson, those top three and how they're all two of them are first or top 10 picks. And then Dante's a second round pick and then a veteran and a leader. And you have decent depth in guys like Keith Taylor. Tay Hayes really shined in the preseason. And you thought, hey, this could be a really good secondary unit. And for the most part, you know, just okay. And it hasn't helped the fact that they've been injured. And we saw in Cincinnati that they got diced up and hopefully moving forward, that won't be the case. But it certainly is unfortunate for Dante Jackson to be in this situation, the third year in a row that Dante has had an injury-plagued season. Back in 2020, he had a turf toe issue, only missed two games, but plenty of times throughout that season, Dante would have to come out for a series or a play or two because the turf toe just hurt him so bad. And 
there was a great article on ESPN.com I brought up to y'all before that highlighted just how difficult of an injury. And I've never had that. And, you know, fortunately, knock on wood. And I don't know if any of the listeners out there or viewers have had turf toe injuries before, but it's just not great, apparently. And I was reading about it, and it sounds painful. And it's one of those things where, you know, you make that one cut, and it could just mess up your entire day. And other times, you might be just fine. And Dante Jackson was quoted in it, talked about the struggles that he had with it. And it sucks because I think Dante really has come into his own. At least he was in 2020 and in last year. Thought he was playing well, but had a groin injury, missed the final five games of the season. And now this year, he missed Sunday's contest last week against the Bengals so that he could be ready to go against the Falcons on Thursday night because he was dealing with that ankle injury. And now the Achilles comes, so he'll miss the final seven games of the season. He'll miss eight games. So the last three seasons, that will be, what, 15 games that Dante Jackson has missed. And this year... It's even more notable because Dante just signed a three-year, $35 million deal, and his 2023 salary is fully guaranteed. He's already got a signing bonus. This year's salary in 2022 was also fully guaranteed, and it's not like the Panthers really have better options on the roster than Dante Jackson right now. And it's interesting to me, too. Like, Unfortunately, the cornerback position really is secondary, but at corner especially, that has just been an injury plague position the last two years. You go back to last year, J.C. Horn gets off to a great start. First 10 quarters of his career, he's awesome. Then the turf at NRG Stadium in Houston gets him, and he's out for the season with a foot injury. The Panthers then do a reactionary move, bringing C.J. Henderson. C.J. has his own issues on the field, and an injury-wise, doesn't really give that much of an impact. Then they trade for Stephon Gilmore, something I never thought I was going to see when all the reporting that day was that the Patriots were set to cut him, which is also telling the league that, hey, if you want him, you can still trade for him. And Scott Fitter, in on every deal, went out there and did it. And Gilmore barely played here in Carolina. And then once he started playing 100% of the snaps, he goes down with an injury in his second week of doing that. And now he's in Indianapolis, I'm sure regretting it, as Jim Irsay has just completely done crazy things with that organization. Best of luck, Jeff, Saturday, I guess. Um, having that injury, then Dante, you, then you get to the latter part of the season and you have Keith Taylor having to start. And it's just, it's tough. And again, to have this happen this season for the Carolina Panthers in that position group where they have invested in, they've been trying to find their guys. And I think they have them in J.C. Horn. Now, Dante, you have to question what his future is here in Carolina. So I was looking at, uh, spot track or spot track, however you pronounce it, and they do the contracts of all the players. And I was looking at Dante Jackson and what the Carolina Panthers could do potentially this offseason. They really can't get out of his contract until following the 2023 season. If they were to release him pre June 1st, that would be a $12 million dead cap hit, and it would only save $2.2 million. So, really, non starter there. If they traded him, they would have a $7 million dead cap hit, and they would save just shy of $7 million against the salary cap. Now, post-June 1st, if they released them, they would split the dead cap hit, $8 million in 2023, $3 million in 2024, then save $5.8 million. Still not that much. And if they were to trade him post-June 1st, split the dead cap, 36 in 2023 and 24, and then it would save $10 million. So they can trade him post-June 1st, great, but you also have to have a replacement for Dante Jackson. And we'll have to see what happens over the last seven games of the season with Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson, as C.J. will be the starting corner opposite of J.C., and then Keith Taylor will certainly get more opportunities, as I'm sure C.J. will struggle, and then hopefully no one gets injured, but he's going to get an opportunity. And I thought last season he filled in admirably in the final couple weeks, and I've seen more out of Keith Taylor than I've seen out of C.J. Henderson on game day. I understand that 
he was locking people down that C.J. Henderson was down in uh, Spartanburg, but that has not been the case as he has been largely a liability. He had the big interception against Atlanta, but that came right after he gave away a touchdown to Demir Bird. And Henderson just hasn't been great. Got picked on early against the Bengals game. I just, it has not been a successful trade. But this is the time for C.J. Henderson to step up and show that he is someone worth investing in. Because when Scott Fitter traded for him to Jacksonville last year, he said that that was a move for the future. To me, it looked like a reactionary move where you just lost your first-round corner for the season and your team's 3-0. and So we'll go out there and get somebody who's a former top-10 pick who that coaching staff, then Urban Meyer's coaching staff, was out on. That's what it looked like to me. But he got to the podium and said it was a move for the future. Well, the future is now. And C.J. Anderson still has not shown us that he is that guy that you can trust opposite of J.C. or when Dante's on the field. You can't trust him. He has not been reliable so far this season. But this is the time for him because Derrick Brown is absolutely going to get his fifth-year option exercise, and he deserves it. C.J. Henderson at this point in time, no. And he would have to have a great year next year to even be here in Carolina past the 2023 season. So we'll see. I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility that the Carolina Panthers now with two second-round picks might look at getting in the starting corner next year. Because if you look at it, Dante has shown over the last three years he can't hold up. C.J. Henderson has not shown you anything to believe that he can be a starting corner in this league and play at a high level so far. And Keith Taylor, we'll see what happens with him. And it's not, it's not a priority, but at, in this league, you, you got to have those kind of guys. And J.C. Horn's that dude. But you have to have someone else opposite him who's not a complete liability and someone who can hold up and, and can stay healthy. And when you look at Dante and you, and you kind of take the Seahawks model that Scott Fitter has brought here as far as corners go and the length and size that they have, Dante Jackson's really not that. So in a way, you could be surprised that Scott Fitter decided to extend him. But they, I think it was a good decision just based off like, hell, he's, he's a veteran. The guy can play. And I think he's worth having around. Now, <laughs> looking at it, it doesn't feel great. But it's unfortunate that he got injured. It's not like he's been playing bad. It's just the injuries have come to him time and time again the last two seasons. And I feel bad for Dante, but we certainly might be talking about come this spring trying to find an answer there opposite of J.C. Horn, although it's going to be pretty tough to move off of Dante Jackson just based off of the salary cap implications here in the 2023 offseason. Now, the implication of the Bucks winning on Sunday means the Carolina Panthers are still two games back in the NFC South with seven games to go, including a game in Week 17 on the road, on the road rather, at Raymond James Stadium against Tampa. We'll get into the Panthers still having no margin for error here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer with the World Cup upcoming and esports. They've got you all covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and the easiest way to get to your betting fix. And head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers became the first team to ever win an NFL game in Germany. And we're not talking about NFL Europe, but an actual National Football League game beating the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday morning over there in Munich. So congratulations, I guess, to Tampa Bay and to Tom Brady and for them getting uh, that win. Tom Brady's conquered yet another country winning in Germany. I'm probably sure he's won in England as well. And of course, here in the U.S., so the Bucs now at 5-5, five and five, the only team in the NFC South that is at 500 or better, and now sitting two games still above the Carolina Panthers, who got the win, drew within a game of Atlanta, but still only, we're now still two games back of the first place in the NFC South and Tampa. And that's the team that we thought that was going to win the division coming in this year, figuring that Tom Brady being Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, bringing back a lot of those guys defensively, they would figure it out. Bucks really haven't been good. And last week, they should have lost to the Rams. Fortunate to win that game. Should be 4-6. and six. Panthers should only be a game back. But unfortunately, that's how things fall. And the Panthers, you look at it, if Cleveland misses a field goal, if the Panthers are able to not blow the game against Atlanta, they're sitting in 5-5 five and five and tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's the NFL. It's the margin. It's the game of inches. You got to fight for that inch. Al Pacino, you all, you've all heard it any given Sunday. But right now... There still is no margin for error for the Carolina Panthers. And currently sitting 0-4 in a row, the only three wins they have on the season are all against divisional opponents. You only have two more of those, and that comes in Week 17 and 18, respectively, when they go to Tampa and they play New Orleans. And who knows where the Bucks and the Saints, especially the Saints, will be at that point in time as they're still doing the whole, like, Jameis and Andy Dalton thing. I don't know what's going on. They have injuries. It hasn't been great first year for Dennis Allen down there in NOLA, and they probably need to get a quarterback as well. So we'll see how that all plays out for them. Moving forward, but the Panthers got to find a way to steal a game on the road before that. I mean, Baltimore is a game that I just I don't see it happening. I, I do not. Don't see it. But it's possible. They're going to stop the run again. And they did a great job, you know, with playing assignment football, tackling, being in the right gap. On Thursday night against Atlanta, at least in the first half and in the second half, Falcons were able to run it better. But Carolina still was able to make the plays they needed to make. But Baltimore, that, that's a tough one. Denver, that's a home game that you could see themselves see them winning. And that's not something we would have said early on in the season. At Seattle, always one of the tougher places to play in the NFL. They fall to Tampa Bay. But Geno Smith, for the most part, has been really good this year. And there's talk that he could be comeback player of the year. And Pete Carroll and John Snyder, the general manager up there, they seem to have made the right decision by trading away Russell Wilson and getting a war chest in first-round picks back. And it's helping that the Broncos aren't any good. And they just trade away Bradley Chubb to Miami. So they clearly don't think that it's going to work out for them and Nathaniel Hackett in that first year with Russell as the quarterback. So why not be able to find a way there? But Pittsburgh, Detroit, like there are winnable games on this schedule moving forward for the Carolina Panthers, especially at home. Like Denver, Pittsburgh, Detroit, you can beat those teams. You have a chance to win those games. And at this point, you just you need a Tampa collapse. And it's hard for me. I don't have my – where's my phone? Here's my phone. It's, it's hard for me to see Tampa – just outright collapsing at this point in time. Because if Carolina is going to win the division, they're probably going to need to get, who you would want to say seven games, but they're probably going to need to get eight, which would then mean winning five of your last seven, which is uh, asking a lot. You would prefer it to be seven. So meaning winning four of your last seven. But for Tampa, 
let's see. They have the Browns next week. They could obviously lose that game. They have the Saints on Monday night. They got the 49ers. Do you think that would be a loss? The Bengals, you would think that should be a loss. Cardinals, that's who knows. It's it's a possibility. I just I, I don't <laughs> I don't really see Tampa only winning two games in the rest of the season. So the Panthers are gonna have to find a way to win the rest of their home games. Denver, Pittsburgh, Detroit, beat Tampa, of course. So that's four. And then they're gonna have to find a way to beat New Orleans on the road, Seattle, or Baltimore. So New Orleans on the road is probably the most likely of those three games. They do that, they're sitting there at eight wins, eight and nine, that's the best chance that they have. But there's no margin of error. And that's why Steve Wilkes has to get the quarterback decision right. P.J. Walker, while managing the game on Thursday, put the ball in harm's way way too many times. So he cannot do that moving forward. And Sam Darnold can't do that. Baker Mayfield cannot do that. Whoever plays, they have to continue to lean on Deontay Foreman as that back and the guy who's going to be their offense moving forward. And the defense has to find a way to make plays. Got to get turnovers like they did on Thursday. Have to get after the passer. Marquise Haynes, good to finally see you here in 2023. That's the only way back. Because Tampa getting that win made it even harder for Carolina to see a path forward to a playoff and a division win or division title. So we'll see how it works out. Again, as I've been telling y'all, it's more likely they're in the top three than they are sitting there hosting a playoff game on MLK Day weekend and Super Wild Card weekend. Would love for that to be the case. Just hard to see that unless they're able to steal two on the road, including the game at Tampa, and then hold serve at home the rest of the way. Five of the last seven. That's the bar for the Carolina Panthers to do it. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Feels a lot like 14. When 2014, they found a way to, to do that. So we'll see how it plays out here the next seven weeks of the season with Baltimore coming up on Sunday. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Also, rate, review, subscribe, and listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me. Participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. In the meantime, be safe, be happy. Behold, it's a Sunday and there's no Panthers game, so I'm going to go out and enjoy my day. In the meantime, take care, and I will talk to you all on Tuesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.